Life Happens Weekdays 1 to 3 p.m. 10 minutes after 1. Good afternoon. This is Life Happens, the Thursday edition of Life Happens right here on SAFM. My name is Pimelo Mutine. Welcome to the show. Coming up on the show later on, we are going to go to the Men's Forum as usual. We do that for an hour. And today we're discussing fathers and their daughters. A really interesting conversation. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Also coming up on the show, we're going to be just touching base with UCT, how the um, that progress is going going on after the fires at UCT, the Jagger Library. They're doing some really wonderful work. And, and I know that uh, the community has also come out um, to try and do whatever they can to assist in in finding whatever was left in the fire. Uh, they've got some storage facilities that they've cleaned up to brought on site as well, some cold rooms on site to try and restore the, the, the little that they've managed to, to recover there. So we're going to be touching base with them and see how that is going. So that's going to happen also just in a short while. But kicking off the, the conversation this afternoon, we go to KZN, to the Department of Transport, Community Safety, and uh, we, we're going to try and, and see what it is that their plans are budget-wise. Uh, the budget was tabled recently by the MEC of Transport and Community Safety. So we're going to be speaking to the spokesperson, KZN spokesperson of the Department of Transport, Community Safety, uh, Kwanele Ngalana, who is on the line on with me this afternoon. Mr. Ngalane, thank you so much for your time. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, Pamela, and good afternoon to all the SFM listeners. Well, thanks for your time. Let, let's quickly go into what it is that we are hoping to achieve with this budget. Um, I know that this is the year of Mam Shalot Matleke. I know that the mm. MEC addressed that. The significance of that to your department as well as in the province as well? Uh, it is quite um, significant, Pamela, considering the fact that um, we tabled uh, 11.6 billion uh, budget uh, to the provincial legislature, where we seek to revive the infrastructure delivery of the province of KwaZulu-Natal. In the main, we still have uh, many communities uh, who are still remaining with um, uh, gravel roads, which needs to be upgraded. And some of these roads, as part of the provincial uh, 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 master plan and as part of the, the provincial growth and development strategy, are important corridors in terms of uh, economic growth, in terms of job creation in the province of KwaZulu-Natal. Therefore, it is important that we concentrate uh, in, in, in upgrading those roads so that we stimulate growth and investment, uh, but also to connect um, important uh, corridors uh, and important districts in Guadalajara for uh, agricultural uh, uh, purposes and also for tourism purposes. So this budget um, is indeed uh, a bold plan uh, where we seek to ensure that uh, we are able to also respond uh, to the call by the president of um, making sure that post the COVID-19 we are able to focus uh, on the recovery strategy and make sure that um, we are able to to, 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 to assist uh, in terms of making sure that our communities as well uh, they, they, they 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 feel the benefits of um a, 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 a economic growth and also assisting in job creation. Uh, we uh, also tabled the fact that um, we will be creating about 46,000 jobs uh, in this financial year alone, which is quite huge considering the fact that we've got many rural communities who are still um, suffering from high levels of poverty uh, and, and, and where they still have, have no access 
to uh, other economic uh, uh, strategic nodes. Therefore, it is important that we concentrate in those communities in terms of um, creating jobs, but not only jobs, in terms of skills development. We have made it clear to all contractors that are working with the department that we, 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 we want a clear plan in terms of skills transfer and skills development so that young people in those communities as well are able to benefit uh, when it comes to skills development, NQF level 3 going upward, so that beyond the life the lifetime of that particular project, young people are able to be employable and are able to uh, also look for employment elsewhere in the country. So in the, in, in the main, this is the key focus of this budget speech. The, the MEC highlighted the fact that, you know, the, 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 the Premier was lamenting on the speedily um, uh, delivery of services, that uh, things need to move a little bit faster. She dedicated the speech to many, many vulnerable people, and some of which were children, who she felt were not safe. Women and children, those who've been victims of gender-based violence mm. and talked about how, uh, you know, Mam Shalut Matlege would probably be, you know, is probably turning in her grave right now. Of course, I'm paraphrasing that a bit. But but mm. how do we, because this is not only a case at an issue, uh, as society, how as the, 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 the governing party as well, do you think mm. we're really going to get around this crime issue? You are in the Department of Safety, Community Safety, and it's been a challenge we've seen police being murdered uh, on mm. duty and so on so it seems to be a mammoth task absolutely uh, we, we 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 offer view that um, building a safer uh, is a everybody has a responsibility and it's an ongoing work uh, it's not going to start and end now but it needs all of us to put our hands on deck and make sure that uh, we build a safer province uh, we, we, we we are of a view that um, the working collaboration between the police and communities uh, is very important that is why our key focus is on the issue of gender-based violence, not only uh, in slogan-neering, in, in but also making sure that we come up with uh, uh, concrete programs and measures to assess the progress in dealing with those cases. Uh, we have embarked on a process as the Department of Community Safety to assess all police stations in Guazuna Natal to see that um, the victim-friendly facilities are there, to see to it that uh, all these cases are taken and 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 be and move with speed in terms of um, uh, uh, the prosecution and the the effectiveness of the criminal justice system. So we we want to build a safer province, but that work needs all of us. We are the first to acknowledge, however, that police are not enough. If you look at KwaZulu-Natal, um, it is quite a vast province, very rural with um, 10 strict plus metro. Therefore, it tells you that um, we'll never have enough police. However, through community activism and, and, and working partnership, you can be able to reduce the levels of crime. Obviously, uh, they, 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 they are very stubborn categories of crimes. Yes, issues such as murder, issues such as uh, rape are still very very high in the province. And we are also concerned that we have got um, stations that are always featuring in the national top data, the stations like Wamashu, Duzuma, Umlazi, Tesisle, and so forth. So those are the uh, stations where we are currently focusing in terms of the turnaround plan. And uh, the MEC is also pleased that um, the minister as well, uh, General Pegitkel, has uh, had engagement with the Provincial Executive Council led by Premier Sikhazi Lalalawe. Uh, he detailed the plans in terms of dealing with these these top five 
uh, stations in the province so that we are able to benchmark using them if we are making a significant impact in terms of reducing levels of crime. But obviously the issue that you touched on of police uh, 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 killings in the province is quite a serious matter. Uh, we have uh, noted the statistics indicating that since we started this year we've had about 27 police who have been killed. It's quite alarming and it's an indication that uh, really these dangerous and merciless criminals are at war. Therefore we want the police as well to make sure that uh, they protect themselves but also we want the communities as well to come to the party and make sure that uh, we protect our police because we know these criminals, we know these dangerous criminals, they sleep, they wake up in our communities, therefore we must be the first to protect our police officers. Um, uh, spokesperson Kwanele uh, Ngalane is with us, he's a KZN spokesperson for the Department of Transport, Community Safety and uh, I'm going to open the lines um, so that you as well can be a part of this conversation, particularly if you are in KZN and you have issues to raise around safety around transport as well. 011-714-2006 is the number to dial. You can also send voice notes on 0614-104-107. SAFM 104-107 Nationwide. With Pimelo Mutine on SAFM leading the conversation. Mr. Gwanele Ngalani is the KZN spokesperson for the Department of Transport, Community Safety and Liaison as well. He's on the line with us after the tabling of the budget, their department's budget, uh, very recently, 2021-2022. Thanks for your time again, Mr. Ngalani. You spoke a little bit about communities needing to work hand-in-hand with the police. Now, we also know from the recent stats that there is very little trust between communities and the police. I mean, to to what extent do the plans that you were speaking about deal with the fact that there is very little trust? Yeah, we must locate it uh, 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 in the history because previously uh, we've had a system where police used to be feared by communities because they used to terrorize uh, uh, our communities and they were very brutal and harsh when dealing with our people. So that created a trust deficit. So for the democratic government uh, to, to build that trust, it's going to take time. However, we have uh, managed to achieve um, a fair result when it comes to that. Uh, now we've seen that uh, with the formation of the um, community uh, safety forums, there are engagements, there are trust, uh, and, and they are able to share strategies on how best to fight crime and also share some of the intelligence information with regards to dangerous criminals in our communities. And in the context of KwaZulu-Natal, we've had also uh, to deal with the issue of um, uh, 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 communities where we've formed themselves into various groupings. We're operating as vigilante groups. We've grouped them together, <coughs> worked with the police, and they formed now what is called KwaZulu-Natal Community Crime Fighting Association. There are also voluntary organizations like the neighborhood watches that um, will, uh, organize themselves to fight crimes and so forth. So a government at the provincial level has formed now what is called the Provincial Council Against Crime, which is led by the Premier, where we've brought together all these agencies, all the, uh, including the police and other enforcement agencies to say we need each other, we need to work together, but we cannot achieve anything if there is no trust among all of us as these agencies. So we have managed to move an inch in terms of that. We are hoping that um, over time that relationship is going to grow. Uh, We have also established the uh, the, 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 the KZN FU desk 
uh, which is mobilizing young people as well uh, in various parts of the province to participate uh, in the fight against crime. So we believe that um, this is an ongoing issue that we need to deal with. But obviously, uh, there are some elements within the police service as well which are, are taking us back in terms of the progress that we have made where police themselves are colluding with criminals, where police themselves are shielding some of the criminals. And we ought to be upfront with those. We must deal with those police officers. And we, we, we also welcome the fact that um, there is a commitment from the minister, the national commissioner, the provincial commissioner, General Mkwanazi, to deal decisively with those rotten potatoes because we must create service if we are to win the trust of the people. We want uh, ethical men and women in uniform who are going to be committed in servicing our people and serving their country. Therefore, any uh, element that seeks to reverse the gains that we have made must be dealt with. But also, uh, there is an issue that... um, uh, we, we, we assist with as the department where we are also looking at the functionality uh, of individual police stations so that we look and profile all these police officers as well, especially those who have, whom have had reports that some of them are, are, are lazy, they are using police cars to transport their friends to go to shipping and all of those. So we are following very closely uh, with IP some of the work that are being done through our provincial secretariat to make sure that those cases are expedited, disciplinary actions are taken so that you were able to instill the confidence of our people. Right. I did say we'll open the lines. Let's do that right now. 011-714-2006 as well as WhatsApps on 0614-104-107. Bongani, you're calling from KZN. Good afternoon. Hi, Bongani. How are you, Pamela? Thank you for allowing me to talk to your program. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, I was saying, uh, you know, the criminal, they stay with us, the community. Mm. And then it looked like uh, the department is not prioritizing the program where they can allocate the resources, especially to community policing forums, where these active members of the community participate to as a crime prevention structures within their immediate environment, even to go to extent of integrating them into these ongoing what war rooms, so that people can make an input where there is the shortcoming on part of the police, they're actually able to get it right there from the horse's mouth, which is the community. Thank you. Okay. Um, uh, Mr. Nalani? Yes, uh, I think uh, Bongani is raising a very important point. Part of what the MEC Nkonyeni has raised as part of the budget species, the alignment of the department with um, the district development model. And part of what we want to achieve with that, with that is to make sure that all these structures are able to uh, uh, engage at the local level. We have started what we call local uh, community safety forums, which are feeding into the district community safety forums. We have launched all these structures with a view of, uh, of saying, let's build localized and tailor-made community crime fighting strategies because the dynamics of Kwamashu are not the same as the dynamics of Kwamapumu and so forth. So uh, all areas have got their own uh, uh, dynamics and their own challenges and their own uh, uh, issues that needs to be dealt with individually. That is why we are looking into all these structures so that we are able to integrate at that level where these structures are participating in war rooms, are participating as part of the DTMs, and are able to receive information on the ground, escalate it to a district, and escalate it ultimately at the provincial level. So it is a matter that we assist with. All right. I've got a, a message here on WhatsApp coming from Holy, I think, um, Kubega. And, and 
and they're saying, hi, Pimelo, ask uh, Guanele if the potholes on road P90 and P50, um, this is in Nkandla, when will they be fixed? And and I do note that the MEC has spoken about uh, fixing these and getting uh, on the ground with, with the problems of potholes. But do we know when we will be able to get an assessment of how much work needs to be done? This coming Sunday, uh, Pamela, as I'm talking to you, the MEC will be engaging with them um, or the leadership of uh, King Kajwa District, King Kajwa includes Umlatuze, Umlala, the Inkanda Municipality, and Gwambo Nambi. This is part of the program uh, that the MEC has committed to uh, to the community of Inkanda to say she will come back after the budget speech so that we are able to engage on these programs. We have highlighted the issue of prioritizing fixing of portals within 48 hours, but some of the roads are, which have reached their lifespan, they now need a total a, a, a resealing program and that's what the MEC is going to be communicating with them. Some of those roads are going to be uh, totally phased uh, uh, out and be uh, uh, redone uh, so that we are able to upgrade them, making sure that um, uh, there is no further mushrooming of portals because if the road has realized spend, you can fix the portal here few meters down the line, another one is mushrooming. Therefore, those roads, they need to be completely wiped away and we put in a new tire. So these are the plans that the, the MEC is going to be communicating. It's starting in that district because he has visited them and the, the community has raised these issues. That is why it's starting there. But she will be moving all across the province of Kwasmatal addressing these very same issues. If we have not assessed how much the damage is and quantified how much needs to be done, then how do we budget for it? Well, we have quantified as the province uh, the roads that uh, require a, a complete um, a change in terms of uh, each lifespan that it has reached, and we have categorized them in terms of the roads that uh, are put on the priority uh, on the priority list, and the roads that uh, are, are still going to at least be manageable for now, where we can embark on a portal patching. We've got what is called asset management system, which is done under the, our ITMS program, where we've done the inspection of all our provincial roads, where we continue to do this inspection. Remember, there's been also a period of flooding in the province, so you'll find that some of the roads which were not part of this program uh, have now been uh, adversely affected by heavy rains and flooding. Oh, immediately, we sent out the team so that uh, we're able to quantify uh, the amount that we need in terms of um, fixing those roads. So we do have a picture as the province as to need uh, in terms of those roads, how many kilometers and so forth. Just that per financial year, we don't have sufficient resources that can be able to uh, take us to fix all those roads at once. That is why we are prioritizing them, looking at the strategic nature of those roads and also making sure that um, we, 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 we fix them. Our view is that when you look at our budget for infrastructure, for instance, we've taken 3.6 billion, which is going to uh, the maintenance of existing infrastructure. We are doing we are doing that deliberately because our view is that uh, if 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 you build an asset but you not you do not maintain it, the cost if you're not maintaining it uh, of fixing the road in a long time that has been neglected becomes very much high. That is why we are investing so much uh, in the fixing of uh, infrastructure. But let's take a quick break and go to the headlines at 1:30 with Greg Host. We'll be back with your voice notes. We'll also be back with more of your questions on SAFM 104 to 107 Nationwide. Mr. Alane is a spokesperson, KZN spokesperson of the Department of Transport, Community Safety and Liaison on the line with us after the tabling of their budget 2021-2022. Sandile, you're calling us from KZN. Good afternoon. Good 
afternoon, ma'am. Good afternoon. Welcome. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I wanted to say, um, ministers, I mean, our government, let me put it that way, mm-hmm. our government uh, come to the radio and make all these artificial um, promises, which does not exist in our township. I live in Guamaputa. Mm-hmm. The roads there are appalling. There's photos everywhere. And we, we don't see or we don't hear anything even if we form the to get answers from why the roads are not being fixed. Don't get any any answers. Mm-hmm. And uh, another issue in is grass like this and we we told we went to the station because the problem is when they send it to these young people, these young people are breaking into our houses. Mm. And we have a big problem. Just now, they said at home, just today, they told me at home that one uh, one guy was breaking inside the house. Luckily, my neighbor saw, saw, saw it. Mm. So this is a problem. But uh, this spokesperson, they come there in the radio and make all these promises that, that, that those things exist. But in actual fact, those things do not exist in our township. Mm. Right here next to us is a suburb. <laughs> Oh, Sandy, I'm going to try and see if we can get you on a better line. I know that you've got another point to make, but let me try and sort that out in the meantime. Mr. Nalane, what, what are you going to do, Mr. Nalane, about the deficit, the trust deficit? I mean, as you can hear, uh, mm. people are feeling despondent. Yeah, well, I, I was battling to hear Sandy. Okay. He's, he, he's saying two things. He says, mm. you know, the, all the promises uh, are just that. They're promises. He doesn't believe that any of the programs that you're talking to exist because they don't mm. see them. He wants to know what the plan are. And I think you've alluded to that with regards to the roads. He says the roads in his township are really atrocious. But mm. he's also talking about crime and saying that, you know, um, they don't see movement on that on that front. Yeah, let me deal with the, the road issue first. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on which angle uh, Sandile wants to look at it. Let me address you two things. Uh, the, last year we came to SFM after presenting the budget speech and we indicated that um, working together with the National South African Defence Force and National Public Works, we are going to build 14 Bailey bridges uh, in the province of KwaZulu-Natal to connect rural communities. This year, we are giving a feedback reporting that out of the 14 that we committed, we have completed 12 already. And those 12 are now traversable and people are using them. We are only remaining with two, which we are going to be concluding this coming July. Now, it can therefore be the case that we come on radio and make promises and do nothing. We are delivering. We are very serious. I think KwaZulu-Natal is one province that is known to be very firm in terms of keeping its commitment and keeping to its plans on the ground. The Premier himself is very active in terms of holding us accountable to some of these plans. In fact, he has committed to some of the issues that Sandile is raising. Uh, it is the premier that has directed the Department of Transport, uh, Department of Cogta and Treasury to find mechanisms to assist municipalities who have, got no, who have got no revenue base in terms of revamping and maintaining some of the township roads in the province. Yes, but, 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 but Mr. Malani, there are two things that we can all agree on. Uh, mm. What we can agree on is that even, and you've also highlighted this, Mm. that the Premier himself is lamenting that the delivery of service is rather slow. The plans are there, but it's rather slow. So the impact of that is that people on the ground 
Either they don't see it or they really feel that slow nature of pace. And number two, my question to you was, there clearly is a deficit in trust. And so whether the thing exists or not is really not actually the point. The point is, if people don't believe it, we need to act on that. What's your response to that? But I would not necessarily call it um, a, a trust deficit, mm-hmm. Jamilo, but I will say the expectations of our, of our, our people uh, at times they, they they see something happening in your neighborhood and it has not reached them. Uh, but we must engage in these plans. That is why uh, if I if I noted Sunday that was talking from Wamakut mm-hmm. and some of those roads that he's talking about are provincial roads which we have got the plans to maintain. Some of them are under the municipality of Wetewin and there are ongoing engagements with the city to say out of the budget that we have tabled, how do we then address some of the infrastructure backlog and challenges that we have. Uh, it's a matter of making sure that we are able to cascade these plans to communities. You know, in some of these um, uh, uh, challenges that we are dealing with, uh, Pemelo, there mm-hmm. are some of the administrative and the bureaucratic red tapes that we need to deal with, and also some of the procurement issues which are delaying uh, some of the activities. For instance, we've had the road on the end to which people, every time when we come to radio, uh, were lamenting us on, which was the central project on the end to that project, took almost five years in court and people were complaining. Subsequently, the matter is now been resolved, the construction has started. So I'm, I'm posing this not as excuses, but as some of the challenges that we encounter. But what is critical is how do we get this information uh, to our people? How do we interact with them and be able to share our challenges with them? But we do agree that there is a communication gap that we need to feel working with um, the local government. And that is why primarily the MEC is embarking on this post-budget roadshow so that it's able to engage all municipalities to say, as the Department of Transport in the province, these are our plans. We are going to build so many kilometers in this district. This is how much we have allocated. We are going to build so many bridges and maintain so many kilometers. These are the roads we are going to prioritize. So that when we go to our people, we are able to speak with one voice, but be able to interact with them and take whatever that they are raising and feed them into our plan. Okay. Well, Ile, you're calling from KZN. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, ma'am. How are you? Good, thanks. Go ahead. I'd like to ask the gentleman here um, that is the way that uh, the, the route between Tinginza will be all the way to Uluni. When uh, the community strikes day and we cannot pass and it gets so inconvenient, to an extent that the community, for us to pass, we have to pay 100 rand, and it has happened to me or with me at least two times now. And the police are just there, the, the traffic police, they are just there watching, and we are expected sometimes to pay 100 rand, or you wait for sure. three hours until they open. Sure. I just want to find out if he's aware of that, is okay. there anything that's being done about it? Mr. Nalane? Yes, uh, we, we are aware uh, that um, there is an issue that is causing instability in the area of uh, Malmot. The road that is talking about it, R66, um, this is a matter that um, uh, is concerning us because it's a matter of a political party that has fired its councillors. Now they've mobilised communities and they're blocking the road. And you wonder what has the road has to do with the councillors that have been fired in the municipality. So these are the challenges that we have which we need to educate our uh, public about to say issues cannot be resolved through violent protests. It is incorrect as well to go and take a matter that belongs in a political party or in a boardroom and you take it to the road where you are also infringing on other people's rights and creating inconvenience. That road is very important. It's leaking, it's leaking into, uh, from Kingindov way down to Melmot and Fryhead. 
So if you can imagine that if it's linking into it, means it's also a corridor from Richards Bay Port and Deben as well. So it's quite a very strategic road. But uh, we, we, we have heard reports that there were protests. However, the MEC has engaged with the provincial commissioner and the POP is deployed in that area so that we are able to clear that illegal protest. But also as the province, um, we now have uh, the public protest task team, which is led by the MEC uh, within the auspices of the Justice, Crime Prevention and Security Cluster. So that as we are building to local government elections, we are also a pro- active in dealing with these challenges because we know that if you are going to the local government elections, you are going to have a number of these protests uh, mushrooming all over the province uh, with all those uh, who are positioning themselves to be cancelers, mobilizing communities for wrong reasons. And these are the things we want our communities to be careful of and we must protect our infrastructure. It is incorrect that when people are protesting for water, they will go and dig a provincial road. What does the road have to do with water? So these are the challenges that we'll have to do in terms of educating our people uh, more than enforcing and clearing our roads, but making sure that our people, they protect this uh, service delivery, they protect this infrastructure project because they belong to them at the end of the day. Let me go to Rian. You're calling from Peter Maritzburg. Good afternoon, Rian. Uh, good afternoon, Pamela. Good afternoon. I agree go with ahead. you that there's a trust deficit um, and I'm a bit uh, disturbed that your guest uh, just, washes, uh, just brushes it off. Um, I live I work in Marisburg, I live in Waterk, so I drive on an R614, uh, or in their terms, a P25 stroke one. Mm-hmm. Um, some 25 years ago, a part of the road was chipped uh, and sprayed. There were parts of the road that they did not do strip uh, uh, pitch and uh, spray because it was too bad. Mm-hmm. That still hasn't been fixed. 25 years down the line, at least. I have engaged with Mr. Ngorsi. I have engaged with, on, on a number of occasions, I've engaged with Mr. Shuming Gubani. Um, and you get promises, like, like your previous caller says. All you get is promises. Now, uh, an, an additional thing. Other roads mm-hmm. leading off of that road, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, less used roads, yes. those are fixed. Those are resurfaced. P25 stroke one, the first part that was fine, that gets fixed. But the worst part don't get fixed. So who's getting paid here? Sure. Uh, do we, I mean, I don't know. Is is this a provincial road, Rian? Yes. Yes. Mr. Nalani? Thank you very much, uh, Rian. Uh, obviously, uh, we are going to uh, take this matter. If he says he has engaged with them, Mr. Nkosi, who's our TTG for infrastructure, and Mr. Ngubane was managing uh, the, the maintenance of road. Uh, I'm making a commitment that from here, I'm going to take this matter up. Uh, if your producer can also share with me the details of Rian, we'll make sure that we'll give him a feedback on the progress of this road. What I appreciate more is the fact that he's saying that some of the roads which are joining to that road are, have also uh, been upgraded and are being maintained, which means there might be a particular problem with this stretch of road. Now I need to investigate before I respond to him as to what exactly is the issue. Is the issue of the contractor defaulting because at most we've got those challenges where contractors themselves are getting awarded to work. And when they're awarded to work, they, you'll find that there are challenges they've undercoated because they desperately wanted work and as a result they failed the meet of the project. And it's, no. quite, it takes us long so- 
to so, find a new contractor. So, so let, let me, I mean, there are two things. 25 years is really unacceptable. But secondly, you are going to take Rian's contact details and maybe mm. get in touch with him. But Rian is not the only one affected by this road. How will you communicate to the community what's the problem going forward? Sorry, Pamela, can I also come yes, in Yes, go ahead. It's, it's not that there was a contractor. There, there has never been a contractor there. I have asked Mr. Ngorsi, how are those stretches of the road allocated for reconstruction? And what was his response? And those stretches of the road reco- uh, allocated for uh, reconstruction, but this one not. Okay, what was, what was his response here? Part. What was his response? They don't know. Okay. Mr. Malani, I mean, is there a possible uh, uh, reason for this? I know that you don't know the details, but what could mm. be the reason? As I was saying, uh, that it's a matter that I will need to, uh, to investigate so that uh, when we engage with the Rian Feather or even with the community, we are able to give a, a, a meaningful answer. I don't want to speculate and, and begin to give reasons which may not be applicable in this case. Uh, from here, I'm going to engage with the team that um, he has mentioned, mm-hmm. and uh, I can assure him that uh, <clears throat> we will get uh, this matter sorted out if there are any challenges, uh, and therefore be able to move with it. It is unacceptable if he says uh, the road has been neglected and left like that for 25 years, but okay. there has to be a reason for that, and we'll find what the reason, and we'll find uh, uh, some remedies so that we're able to fix that problem. Okay. Okay, that's fine. My, my question was, mm. it's, it's good and well that you may be in touch with Rian, but mm. I'm concerned, how do we get back to communicating with the community that's affected by this road? Because clearly it seems like there hasn't been adequate communication to mm. whatever the problem is. Maybe there is a genuine problem, but they mm. don't know what that problem is. How are we going to get back to making sure that everybody mm. understands what's going wrong? You've spoken about communication as a major factor. Yeah. Yes, uh, it is quite an important matter that uh, you're raising, Pamela, and uh, I've raised it uh, that uh, it's a matter that we really uh, need to improve on in terms of working with them. the local leadership, the councillors and the mayors and our local offices to say, how do we get the, the communities to be aware of this program? We do have what we call uh, project liaison committees in each project, but we need to, uh, we have assessed the effectiveness of those and we've come to a conclusion that those, they need to be now improved and be capacitated. These committees, they include all the structures, the local councillor, the traditional leadership, the business community of the area, so that everybody is kept abreast where there are challenges in the project but it seems as if there's still a remaining challenge because every time we interact, there seems to be a, an issue of an information gap. So we are going to fix that matter. We are going to improve our uh, social facilitation program and make sure that our stakeholder engagement is improving so that at least our people, they get to know what is happening in their localities and what is our plan. And through what we are doing with um, the visit in all the districts, we are going to be doing exactly that. And more, more, more than that, we are going to be engaging in a program where we are going to be participating catching all the service delivery uh, uh, programs per district where we say this is what uh, we've done in this district this is, uh, these are the plans and these are the challenges in this particular district so that we make the information accessible to all members of the public. Alright, let's go to Sipo in Johannesburg. Hi Sipo. I'm an engineer by profession. Mm-hmm. In the Kulyam furniture, we turn the wish on the 
The only thing that is happening the six billion budget. Young of us, right now, expenditure. I procurement to procure at how much I the balance sheet brought down is how much how many municipalities do we have in Zululand? Now, global. just making this thing one ball in order for him to be out of the studio, out of the interview. Because in any project, wherever you can go, there's a procurement, there's a planning. Always they talk about plan. That plan doesn't have a procurement, but they will tell you about the budget, they will tell you about the expenditure, but there is no procurement out of whatever they do. And secondly, out of all, as we say, if you're an artist, the contractor might, the contractor been uh, uh, underpriced. How do they appoint the contractor to be uh, the, the person who underpriced? Number two, number three, sorry. You people in your offices, you are not paying the service providers in time. We are the engineers on the ground. We are people who are getting frustrated when you come to the site, you find the contractor is three months, four months is not being paid. But there's no such a thing. So tell people the truth. And after telling the truth, people will know the truth at the end of the day. And how much is your procurement? How much is your, uh, your expenditure? Lama preach out twelve, you know about twenty. Expenditure out of the six billion is how much? It's our money, it's our taxpayers' money. We need to know how much is the balance, how much is left. Now lay your program or in Zayole, Ustele, Uti, Ostamalino program, Uzabungiano Pumanga, because you do the program without consulting the community. Sipo, they're in Johannesburg. I'm going to give you a chance to respond. I just have to take a quick break and I'll be back with you, Mr. Nalani. Okay, no problem. Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Kwanele Ngalane is a KZN spokesperson of the Department of Transport, Community Safety and Liaison. And uh, we are having a conversation with him on the back of their tabling the budget 2021-2022. And uh, Mr. Ngalane, I'm going to give you a chance to respond, but uh, procurement was a major issue in, in this particular budget. Pemelo, I wish I had uh, time to... You, you have to, time. You, you to, have to time. respond to Sipo. Uh, I don't want to doubt that um, he's an engineer, but I'm a bit uncomfortable uh, with uh, his understanding of some of the issues that he's raising. Uh, he says it's from Ramapumo, and if it's from that area, he will know that um, a road between Stenger and uh, Kanskop uh, has been undergoing uh, maintenance. Yeah, only if he goes home, but if he's staying in Jobek and does not go home, you will not know what I'm talking about. He will know that uh, we have built the road P711 in that era, which is a completely new road that we have built. But uh, let me respond to him. He's talking about the budget of the department. Uh, in infrastructure, uh, we have allocated $8.1 billion. In transport operations, which deals with um, the bus subsidies and also improving the public transport, we have allocated $1.9 billion. Uh, in transport regulations, which deals with enforcement uh, and compliance in the public transport and the, the traffic police, we have allocated 982 million. 
and uh, in community-based program, which uh, includes job creation, we have allocated 40 million. Now, he then says uh, the, there is an issue about procurement. Uh, we, we, as a department, we have um, uh, uh, embarked on a process where we, 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 we are now uh, embarking on a 10-key approach where we are pairing the, the, the contractor, the consultants and the contractor uh, so that we are able to move with speed in delivering some of these services. As an engineer, you should know the advantages of this. But there are matters that we do not have control of. He's talking about uh, the, the, the issue of um, a, a contractor that are defaulting on projects, and he blames that the squarely on government. And I would want to dispute that. In our experience and in our work that we have done in terms of our research, uh, most contractors uh, are invoicing, uh, are being paid on time, because in this province we are accounting if, if contractors are not paid within 30 days. The Premier has made it a rule, and it is done. However, we are not going to be haphazard in doing that. If there are certain irregularities, we are not then going to uh, rush making payments even when there are queries on the project, even the short workship, uh, workmanship has taken place. So that is where there are challenges, where you find that some of the contractors, they themselves are having, are having cash flow problems, but when we've paid them, uh, they are unable to pay their subcontractors, they are unable to pay their, 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 their staff. Now, that cannot be attributed to government, and that is why we've resorted to uh, calling the provincial contractor in that way. We want to deal with these challenges to say, where are the problems? Because most contractors, if they are defaulting, when they've been paid by government, when we are doing what we have to do, supervising projects, making sure that there's a staff dedicated to this project, but the, the problems continues to be. Now, we are calling this contractor in that so that we are able to zoom in, engage with them so that we are able to hear their frustrations, and where, if there are areas that we need to improve as government, we are able to do that. But also, we want to take them to task because what we have observed, uh, and which is quite unfortunate, when they are given the work in the private sector, they are able to finish the work on time. And you'll find that even the work is at the same value, but with government, they delay deliberately. And we want to deal with that because we are not going to be now tolerating any escalation of course, uh, looking for any variation orders, which is part of looting state funds. And we're not going to accept that. So we, we, we can engage with the CEPO. We've got very clear plans in terms of our uh, procurement strategies. Uh, in fact, before we even get to be allocated money by treasury, we put together an operational plan which is accompanied by the procurement plan and we are getting assistance from the provincial treasury. So it is incorrect that we have got no procurement plan uh, we, we, we are not accounting to public funds. This is incorrect. I dispute it. Okay, I've got some voice notes coming through. Good afternoon, SA Radio. Aisha. I've been saying this since this morning, since yesterday. Those guys, they are coming in a national radio and come with a big, big, big English. Hey, I don't know. Don't, don't, don't those guys get tired of lying? Come here and lie and lie. Hey, I don't know. I really don't know. Abati Nwagukoka. Bakoka Ogoko, Bakoka Ogo. That's really a truth when the Kosa said, Ilifa, Lezitenge, now she was Zilumko. I'm Honorable Makwehaya Kubana. Where's Helen Zine, Western Cape? Thank you. Hi, Kathy. Uh, Nicholas here in Cape Town. Kathy, I 
I feel I feel uh, I feel very bad about these people. You call them, you interview them. They come here and talk a lot of garbage. Huh? They come here and talk a lot of garbage that the community must work hand to hand with the police. Why can they? Uh, why can they employ enough police to do the job? Because the police are getting paid. Why? Why should the community work hand to hand with the police? The police must come and do their work. Even if the community are trying to report whatever, whatever is wrong happening, the police are doing nothing. They mustn't come here and talk a lot of garbage here. Hi, Altumel, how are you? It's John in Bloemfontein. Altumel, you know I'm starting to think these ones we call leaders here in the Free State, they can't speak English. I've never had them come on radio to come and account for their budget and whatever. They're always eating money here doing nothing that's why the free state is banning all of it they can't speak english they must come here and account and tell us how much money is going to be spent or allocated on what they must come here both and whoever yes yes hi pomelo uh, i think the police in south africa needs to invest so much money into informants the people who tell you who is doing what and who is doing what at some point that's how you fight crime in south africa uh this is uh, a model in zimbabwe that's why you see zimbabwe has got a very low crime rate because of informants that tell the police uh who is doing what even a person who is doing fraud at a company or who is working for a company who is doing fraud, uh, it is known to the police because of this informant. So if the South African community is not willing to invest into informants, then we are not going to fight crime here in South Africa. It's eminent Pretoria. It's a lot, but let me quickly ask you to, I suppose, also just talk about Operation Vula, which may address or may not some of the concerns that you heard coming through. Yeah, thank you very much, Pamela. Uh, I find it um, absolutely uh, bizarre to some of the comments that are made uh, by your, 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 your listeners uh, in the voice note, and um, really I would not want to dignify them by responding to them. Uh, we want people who are South Africans who are patriotic, who are willing to engage and assist government as well uh, in improving its work. And if people say we come here to lie, we speak uh, big English and all of that, I will not want to respond to that. Uh, and I see them. And the conflicting statements here. A guy from Cape Town is talking about uh, why police need to be assisted. But your 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 line is making a very important point. He's talking about a uh, government investing and people of South Africa investing in informants so that we are able to build community intelligence and that will assist the police. You see, he's even saying in Zimbabwe they know who is the criminal before the police even comes. That is quite important. That is what we want to build in this country because the responsibility of uh, building a, a safer community does not only belong or rest with the police. It rests with us as the society as well. I know if my child uh, will come back at night uh, carrying a cell phone, an expensive cell phone is not working, carrying a TV, where does he take from? Buying things from the street, stolen as a society, we've got the responsibility so that we are able to build this country that we want. It cannot be left with the police alone. In fact, uh, the ratio, the last time I checked, I think was about one police is equal to 500 community members. So it tells you. It's like when you say 
teachers are enough in the country. There will never be enough. So it is up to us as well to take up the arms and make sure that we also participate in building our country, in making sure that we don't fold arms and, 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 and take, our, take away the responsibility of being patriotic and the citizenship. The guy from Bloemfontein as well, I will not want to respond to him, no, but I personally, as a listener of SAFM, had the government of Free State on radio. We've had them interacting with the listeners, and it's been a norm across all the provinces, and uh, maybe he was not listening at the time, but I won't defend them. Uh, let's go to Operation Vala, as we have asked. This is quite an important program. We have said through this program, we want to align and integrate all all crime-fighting activities in the province under the banner of Operation Vala. If we talk Operation Vala, we talk of uh, Operation in this province. That is why it started with the plan that I was talking about of focusing on these key five living crime stations in the province to say we want to make a difference in this station. And there are sustained operations in those areas. Uh, out of those sustained operations, we've seen massive improvement in terms of the policing itself. We've seen resources being injected. The stations themselves have been upgraded and been resourced. Yeah, so that we are able to respond adequately to some of the challenges that continues to confront our people. But we are saying from the operational point of view, police must sustain these operations, especially focusing on, 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 on Fridays building to the weekend, because the crime trends in this country are that most crimes are happening uh, from uh, uh, Thursday evening or Friday a building up to the weekend. So we want to concentrate on those, making sure that there are those operations, but also beef up intelligence operations so that when the police, when you draw the main power uh, uh, into a particular area, we know that that is going to be impactful. So those are the issues that we've dealt with. Those are the issues that are part of um, the turnaround plan that we have as the police. And we are quite satisfied that um, with the work that is being done by uh, General um, Kwanazi with uh, his team, we've seen most areas have stabilized in the province and uh, we have seen the minister yesterday reporting that even in the political cases as we are approaching local government most cases we've had arrest most areas are now stable in the province we just have to deal with crimes that are happening in those areas we just have to deal with those criminals uh, who happens to be our children who happens to be uh, the kids that I'm, were I'm raised gonna, in those communities and I, we want to deal with those areas. i'm going to ask that you wrap it up i'm afraid we've run out of time this is kwanele uh, ngalane who's a kzn spokesperson of the department of transport community safety and liaison on. Uh, we have absolutely run out of time. It's been an entire hour of that conversation, so we appreciate your time, Mr. Ngalane. It brings us to 2 o'clock, just gone 2 o'clock. Let me go to Greg Host for the latest in SABC News.